Um, hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a uh, contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, um, got a little change up for you folks. Um, our uh, our uh, regular um, co-host is, uh, is 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 asleep somewhere. Um, we're we're having weird time zone action going on. So I I've I've brought along another um, another man from uh, from far away land as it pertains to uh, to where I am and to where maybe many of you are. Um, and that is uh, another Nine Noise contributor um, and resident Aussie, Jeremy Wolfart. Jeremy, how's it how's it going, man? How, how are things with you on the other side of the world? Uh, not too bad. It's a very sunny Monday afternoon, which is why it's very weird to be doing this podcast right now. But yeah, it's not too bad out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, just a, a little peek behind the curtain for the for the listeners out there. We were trying to get a time um, as we as we talked about last time. Akshaz is off uh, gallivanting out in the world. Um, in a European undisclosed European location at this particular juncture, I remain in you know my Eastern Standard Time Zone or I guess Eastern Daylight Time Zone. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> in the in the East Coast of the United States, and you are in Australia, and we are trying. We tried to valiantly to figure out a time that worked for everybody, but um, uh, it's it's really early in the morning where Akshaz is, so we don't we don't blame him for uh, for making that choice. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Big, big, the big news in in football lands and the NFL and 49ers specifically is that, uh, uh, as you noted, the it's Monday where you are, but it's uh, Sunday night for me. Uh, in the lead up to the draft, which starts uh, this coming Thursday, I, I guess technically starts like Friday evening Friday morning, for you, yeah. Friday something, yeah. Um, <laughs> that must be really difficult to, to keep track of stuff like that all the time. But, um, Jeremy, you have spent a lot of time. Um, I, I know one of the one of the big things that you pay a lot of attention to as a contributor for the site is the NFL draft. Um, and so I wanted to bring you on to uh, to kind of fill a hole where um, I, I, I just I don't pay that close of attention to to college football. Um, you know, I'll dabble with it a little bit when we get into draft season. But but frankly, there's just so many names and so many players and uh, it's it's hard to keep track. Um, you, however, do. A, a really fantastic job of um, of keeping up with these things, and you have over the years uh, you've done you know a lot of mock drafts and stuff. Uh, I know you've done full full round draft, full first round draft, mock drafts, mock drafts. Easy for me to say. <laughs> um, and so I figured you were the guy uh, as our resident uh, kind of draft expert to to bring on to to talk about the draft in a general sense, we can, we can have a little bit of uh, conversations about things like that, but also just from a 49ers perspective about things that you, uh, that you're thinking and, and what kinds of things you're expecting the team to do. So um, I, I guess let's, let's start with a, with a sort of um, uh, with a, with a, with a, an easy question, nice, nice softball to give it, to get you started. I'm just kind of kidding. Um, so when you're thinking about this draft from a 49ers perspective, obviously there's the whole hubbub. hubbub. They don't have a first-round draft pick, don't have a second-round draft pick. You barely technically even have a third-round draft pick because by the time their their first pick comes in, it's practically the fourth round. Um, but from a general sense, what what kind of things, what kind of what kind of overall draft plan do you think uh, that the Niners should be taking, given where their roster is right now? Um, and then thinking about like positions of need, you expect that they'll try to fill with their 11 draft picks that they have. I'll be them later in the draft. Well, I think the team's done a very good job in sort of lining up its starters for the 2023 20, season. So we know that Javon Hargrave will be next to Eric Armstead. We know that Isaiah Oliver will probably be the starting uh, nickel corner. So with the exception of kicker the team's done quite a good job in terms of how it wants to go into the season starters wise so i think this draft we're going to see a lot of depth slash developmental picks i think we're usually good for a, a kyle shanahan slash uh, john lynch curveball at some point hopefully not a third round running back this season but uh, I, I expect we'll I expect we'll see them take advantage of the more strong 
bits in the draft. So the tight end class, for example, is the best it's been in years. So I expect to see the team use one of its third round picks on a tight end. They brought in quite a few. There's quite quite a few intriguing uh, players in the middle of the draft, like Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion, uh, Schoenmarker from Michigan. You know, quite interesting developmental projects. We know, of course, George Kittle was a a fifth-round pick coming out of Iowa. So I expect them to go to that sort of well at some point. Um, In terms of who would be pushed as a starter, I think Colton McKivitz at right tackle, very uh, inexperienced. He's currently paid in the start. So we might see one of those picks on a right tackle. I know there's quite a lot of uh, people wishing that Blake Freeland falls to the 49ers and I think that certainly would be an excellent pick could even be a potential trade-up target which leads us to the second bit I do not expect the 49ers to take 11 people in this draft right. I think yeah. I, I think there's like the salary cap constraints for one thing signing the whole class but there's also not that much need the amount of like six and seven round picks we have for example so i expect to see a few trades maybe maybe not necessarily on day two the 49ers might be content unless someone slides that they really like but i expect to see some you know some six and seven round picks maybe just bundled up to move up 20 or so picks it wouldn't be worth a lot but just someone they really want to target in the back end of that draft so i expect to see depth in those positions that I think we all know, uh, secondary tackle, etc., And I expect to see a lot of home run swings on some raw talent. So uh, don't expect to see anyone that will probably start in week one, but maybe some interesting prospects for 2024 and beyond. Yeah, I, I think that's, um, those, those are all good observations for sure. And I think that, it, I think it's, it's fair to say that that's, that's how smart teams work, right? You, you make sure that you're, you're you're always thinking ahead of the game it's not oh we need to we need to pick this guy who's going to fill this slot like right now and if he doesn't pan out then we're we're out of luck right um i mean if you think about a guy like aaron banks who was taken a couple of years ago and everybody lost their minds because he wasn't ready to start week one and it's like oh he's the second round pick how is he not ready to start and lo and behold they actually had a plan for it it just was a year out later in the future than than anybody would have expected. And it turns out, you know, he wasn't maybe he wasn't ready to go, uh, you know, in 20, what, 2021. But in 2022, he stepped right into the role and didn't lose anything really at all. And maybe even in some cases got better with than they did were with Lincoln Tomlinson. Um, so I think you're you're right to note that. Um, <clears throat> what about um, the, the 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 edge rusher situation? Because I know there's a lot of concern about what that is going to look like opposite um nick bosa who's obviously locked in at, at, at one position you notice you noted uh eric armstead and javon hargrave in terms of like the other three uh the other two starters along that defensive line but there's a lot of question marks about that and obviously some of it comes into the guys they signed in the offseason some of it comes down to the aforementioned uh draft pick from last year who's drake jackson uh, who kind of fell off the cliff a little bit towards the end of, of this year. But do you think there's anybody out there in that sort of third, fourth round range that might kind of put the pressure on a guy like Drake Jackson or Cleveland Farrell or any of these other guys they brought in? Well, I think that's interesting uh, that the 49ers actually brought in Cleveland Farrell because it sort <laughs> of gives me that Lakeland Tomlinson vibe, like a yeah. first round bust who then comes in to the situation that the 49ers have. And I think the one thing that Kyle Shanahan and whichever defensive coordinator is, you know, at, on the team at the time, Robert Sala, um, Domingo Ryans, hopefully Wilkes this year, they've done a really good job of getting the most out of those, um, fring- I guess, fringe uh, signings that people don't really think a lot about so I'm kind of interested to see what Wilkes who has that sort of reputation to really squeeze every bit of production out uh what he would do now uh as far as the draft goes there are a few edge rushes I think Byron Young from Tennessee you know he's 
He's a bit undersized. He's um, six foot two, two hundred fifty pounds from memory. I don't have it in front of me, but <laughs> really, really good pass rusher. Really good. He's not someone you're going to stick in there uh, in too many uh, first and second downs. But obvious passing situations, he's that sort of player you would have to tee off on the quarterback. I think um, Yaya Diaby from Louisville. He's also a really interesting developmental prospect. He's got a bit more of a prototypical size. He ran a really fast 40-yard time for his size as well. So he could be someone the team looks at. Uh, One of my personal draft crushes is, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, is Thomas Incombe. I might be saying that wrong. From Central Michigan. Had a really big senior season. Um, for Central Michigan. So he's probably going to be... It could be in the back of day two, but it's actually a pretty strong edge class. I think he'll be a day three pick. He could be someone 49ers target as well. So I do expect to see one pick at least uh, spent on an edge rusher and probably one at defensive tackle as well. But those are quite a... There are quite a few day three picks that I think would be really interesting. Or if they choose to go at the back of day two that as well yeah I, I mean and we know this team likes to stack defensive linemen on on defensive linemen and um I, I think john lynch said last week or something like that that they were, were a little disappointed with the the output from the, from the defensive line which is kind of a crazy thing to think uh, to say when you when you think that they had you know the number one defense across the board um in most by most accounts uh, last season but they're probably looking at that Eagles defensive line from last year and going, okay, yeah, we had Nick Bosa and he was the defensive player of the year and he's fantastic. But then there was like this massive drop off in terms of sacks number, sack numbers and pressure numbers. Um, part of that was Eric Armstead missed a lot of the season. Part of that is Javon Kinlaw has not lived up to his uh, draft pedigree. Part of that was just, you know, sort of mediocre uh, production from guys as like Samson Evacom and, and Charles Amenahu, who are now gone opposite Bosa. Um, I think anybody who slides in at that position, be it Drake Jackson or be it a rookie or whoever else they end up putting over there is going to benefit from the fact that they now have a, a third, you know, top tier player <laughs> along the defensive line um, who is a, a sack artist himself uh, from the interior. So I think that's going to help. But um, yeah, they're definitely going to add, I think, uh, in that position one way or the other. Um, like you said, I, there are not 11 players that are coming in from this draft uh, for various reasons, um, mostly because there's nowhere to put them. Um, but, yeah, I think that's interesting, too. Um, another position that stands out to me is an interesting one. And, and we were talking about this, like thinking ahead kind of thing is the safety position uh, that's currently held down more or less by Sean Gibson. Um, but this is a guy who was considering whether or not he wanted to come back this year. So you, you, you can't think that, that he's much longer for the NFL. Maybe he, this is his last hurrah kind of thing. Um, and so it seems like a, a great opportunity for them to find somebody who can slide into that position next to Talano Hufanga, be a long-term answer in that position, uh, kind of take a year to, to learn from Gibson and then eventually take over the, the, the slot. So, Anybody there that, that that jumps out to you at that safety position that might be a, a, a long-term starter option there? I really love um, Jacorian Bennett from uh, when my brain actually works. I can think of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jacorian Bennett. He's really he's got that versatility that they really like um, in at defensive back. You can play him outside in the nickel. You can play him as a as a safety, if you want. Um, he, he was really, really, really good at Maryland. Um, I think the really interesting thing, though, is there's not... It's, it's not a strong safety draft. It's You've, you've got Brian Branch. He'll be a first-round pick, and then you're not going to probably have a first-round pick after that. I would be shocked if there was more than one safety picked in the first round. So I think... This is one of those positions where the 49ers have to work their wizardry. They have to look and say, okay, who is the next Talanoa? Who's the late-round prospect we can really look past 
maybe maybe they're not really good athletically like Hufunga wasn't, but he was just such a good football player in general that it didn't matter. Um, it's actually interesting because I was looking at uh, Chris Smith from Georgia just the other day when I was actually preparing for this podcast, and I was also looking at um, Jamie Robinson from Florida State. Um, I think it's one of those situations where teams might think they're funneled into playing them as a nickel because neither of them are that uh, big. But I think they're just such good football players when you look at their tape that the 49ers could look at them and think, well, everyone else might think of them as a nickel back, but I think we can play them at safety. And I think they've shown with you know, Tavarius Moore before he left, Jimmy Ward, you know, they... They don't mind the players that they can move backwards and forwards between corner and safety. So I think those real tweener prospects that teams might not be sure if they can play them at corner or safety, they might be the sort of players that the 49ers target. So I do really like the look of Chris Smith from Georgia's, and I think he's definitely going to be available on day three. It wouldn't be someone they need to spend the, one of their third-round picks for. So I think he's one to watch as far as the 49ers are concerned. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing that we've seen from from Lynch and Shanahan as well is that they don't they don't seem to have, like, a, a type. Uh, that was one of the, one of the things that, that we used to make fun of, of Trent Baalke for, right, is that he had, like, these types. He's like, oh, I got to get this cornerback, and he's got to look like this, or I got to get this this – this offensive lineman and he's got to look like this. And I'm sure they do have some of those things like traits that they're looking for. But I mean, if you think about the the defensive backs on their roster right now, like Diamondor Lenore is not a big guy, right? But he has managed to to step in and and be a starter on that, on that defense. And Tashawn Gibson's not a, not a big, not a big fast guy, but he has managed to, to hold down, uh, or at least he did last year, hold down that, uh, that safety position. So um, I think there's some, opportunity for versatility and for them to find something out of guys that other teams might go, well, he doesn't really fit, you know, our, our, our look or our feel or what we're, what we're trying to get out of him. So I think there might be something to that for sure. So um, I think we'll, we'll definitely see something from the defensive backfield and probably another cornerback as well, because they just like taking cornerbacks and in the draft and seeing and throwing them at the wall and see what sticks. Um, I don't know, man. Ambry Thomas doesn't seem like he's much longer for this team either. He seems to have kind of played himself out of the good graces of the of the coaching staff. I, I have no idea what's going to happen with him. Yeah, I I really would be surprised if he was ex- extended past the rookie contract. I mean, he's 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 all right as far as a special teamer, I guess, could go. But uh, you you kind of want more out of your uh, third-round draft picks. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think I think we'll definitely see one. You know, we've seen them double-dip at the position before. Obviously, Thomas and Lenore came from the uh, same draft class. Um, Barrett's no longer with the team. Mosley's at Detroit. So, unless they want to um, dip into the free agent pool. I'm not sure exactly how many are left. <laughs> I, I guess they could always bring back Barrett for cheap, but then you have to look for a new cornerback by week four, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. It's a real it's a really big shame as far as as far as Mosley leaving for the Lions, I think that was probably the one that hurt most. Uh as far as a as team as building the team went. I think if he was on the team and then you had Mosley, uh, sorry, I'll try again. You had Lenore in the slot <laughs> with Isaiah uh, Wilson. That would be so much. Uh, Isaiah Oliver, sorry, that would be yep. so much better for the team. So, yeah, I I expect them to take a few corners. I think they might be more focused on maybe outside because I think you can, I think you can play Lenore in the slot if you need to. So I think they're relatively good at that sort of position. It's really the outside corners they need to look at. So I expect if they're going to go corner, they're going to try to find someone with a bit of length and a bit of mm. height just to really fill that sort of particular depth. Sure. 
Yeah, well, and the other thing is is Steve Wilkes is has a background with defensive backs. That's where his his uh, kind of forte is on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I can't imagine that that he's going to come in and like change everything because like they can't cut the entire team and there's going to be players that he's going to have to work with regardless of of what he of what his preference might be. But he might have a slightly different way of looking at it and his 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 way of looking at this situation might be a little different than like what Robert Sala and Tamika Ryan's were, where maybe this is not a means to an end. He's a little bit of, you know, he's a little, a little older than, than both Ryan's and, and Sala are. So maybe he's, he's like, ah, you know, maybe I'll do this for a couple of years and, and we'll see what kind of comes around. I don't, I don't know, but um, if there's a place for him to make his stamp, this might be a, an opportunity to do that, to kind of grab a couple of guys that he looks more as like, these are the guys that I want. To, to, to include in my defense backfield. So that might be something there too. Yeah, I, I really, it's going to be really interesting because I have a lot of admiration for Wilkes. I think he's easily one of the top five defensive coordinators in the league. It, it does shock me he didn't get the Carolina job, quite frankly, because they played so well with him as the head coach. I was really surprised I went with, Frank Reich. So it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of merge his particular defensive philosophies with what the 49ers have got because the Panthers did actually, I don't want to say borrow, but they they definitely had a lot of similarities to the 49ers when they invested a lot of big picks with the uh, defensive line. You know, you had Brian Burns, for example. Um, they had Derek Brown. So I'm really interested to see how he actually merges those philosophies together. Yeah, I I would imagine that if he was going to if his, if he had any thoughts of like blowing it up completely, he would not be here because um, <laughs> I don't yeah. think that Shane Ann. I, I, I just come on in to do whatever you want. It's fine. No. We got you. It's it's just yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be, uh, it would be crazy. Um, all right. So you mentioned, um, well, let me ask you this before I get into that. The, the, the next question, um, any other players or, or, or that you think are interesting and, and potential fits for the 49ers based on where they're picking that you want to just like highlight? Like, so if we're, if somebody's sitting down to watch the draft and they're like, okay, what's, we're going to lock in. What are some interesting players to point out? Anybody that jumps out at to you that you didn't have a chance to, to mention already? Uh, I think the one we were talking about cornerbacks before. I think this would necessitate a slight trade up because I don't think he will make it to the back end of the third round. But I think Julius Brents from Kansas State, you know, he is such he's to me he screams sleeper pick. He. He was really good at the combine. He met with literally every team. He was very good at the senior bowl. So he has the, he has good fundamentals, but he has also that untapped ability with the athleticism. And I think he didn't have the best team around him at Kansas State. I mean, obviously, it was a bit better team at Kansas State than normal this season. But if he was at an elite, program like Georgia or Bama that had the pass rush to really give their secondary more help, I think he would have really shown out as a prospect. So I really think he's going to be the corner to watch in the third round. I think if he gets out the top 75 picks or so, I think he's definitely someone the 49ers would consider leaping up to get because he really... I, I would be shocked if he doesn't pan out in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be necessarily an all-pro, but he would be like the sort of solid number two corner that the 49ers need. You know, you have Javarius Ward there. You've got your lockdown guy. This is the guy that can you can put across from him. So I really am intrigued to see where he falls if he does and if the 49ers got to get him. Cool. Any, any others that jump out at you before um, we get into the... The, the all-important question. Uh, yeah, so uh, running back... No, I'm not kidding. I'm just not running back. <laughs> um, sorry, I had to, oh my I had gosh. to say well, that Everybody once. would lose their minds. Like, <laughs> Everyone. I, look, if it's a seventh, if it's like seventh round, fine. Do whatever you want in the seventh round. But 
If he takes anybody before the seventh round as a running back, I'll just I'll just be like, what what are we doing that, here? That would be that would be pretty funny. Um, if the 49ers really go up like into the second round, sort of like they won't get a let's be clear, they're not going to get a first round pick, but they could potentially get a second round pick if they really want to target someone. And I know someone they did a lot of uh, a lot of work on was Sam Laporta from the tight end from mm-hmm. Iowa. Yeah. And I know there might be a few people listening that would equate this to a running back selection. Like, we have George Kittle. Why do we need to trade up for a tight end? But as soon as you realize Kyle Shanahan has this obsessive need for a second tight end to pair with Kittle, a second mismatch. And he is really intriguing. I think any other year, like the last few years we've had a weak tight end class, he would be the first tight end off the board. Mm. But he's probably going to be third or fourth, if that. And I don't think there's going to be a huge run of tight ends in the first round, despite the, um, the strong class. I think teams might look elsewhere. I think... Dallas might grab one, you know, Green Bay might grab one. But outside of there, oh, I guess also, sorry, Cincinnati might grab one. So two or three teams that might have tied in on the top of their needs list. But I think he could fall down because you're going to have Meyer and you're going to have Kincaid in whichever order you want. They'll be the top two. So if he falls down into, say, pick, say, past the top 50, the 49ers could make that big leap. They could give Kyle Shanahan that second tight end that he's been so desperately craving. And if you think about how Brock Purdy plays at quarterback, because he, he really runs that offense well, what he could do to George Kittles at his disposal <laughs> would be something else entirely. So I I would not be against it. I know yeah. there would be a lot of people scratching their heads thinking, why did we grab someone who's a backup? I can guarantee you he will play more than J1 Jennings if he was mm-hmm. in the team. Yeah. It, would, it would essentially be the second tight end as the starter over the third receiver. So, um, yeah, I, I really am interested to see if they go for that because they did their homework on him for a reason. There's no chance he's going to fall to the back of the third round. So I think if he does slide, that's something to keep an eye on there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been sort of banging the table a little bit for an improved second tight end for a long time. Um, whether it be like, go grab somebody. I know they tried it kind of a little bit with that Jordan Reed experiment. Um, that didn't really work. It wasn't necessarily anybody's fault. It's just Reed just wasn't, he couldn't stay on the field, but, um, it, 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 it's another, I mean, if you just, just think about what Kyle Shanahan wants to do and that's create mismatches and having a second tight end, uh, especially with teams who struggle with the one tight end. And then you put two out there that they're going to struggle with. He's just going to have a field day. Um, and as you said, if, if it does end up being, you know, Brock Purdy at the quarterback position, um, then that makes all the sense in the world with those sort of more short uh, area kind of guys who can get the ball in space and, and, and be gone. Um, so I, I do want to ask you this question because there's a, there's a, well, since we mentioned the quarterback position, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and touch on that before we, um, get to the, the, the last specific question that I wanted to ask. I, I mean, Akshas mentions all the time, the concept of like, you draft a quarterback every year, um, just because you just never know. And if, if, if last year taught us anything, it's that weird stuff can go down with the quarterback position. Right. Um, do you think that that's, that that's a possibility? Do you think the, I mean, they have drafted quarterbacks, not every year, but you know, they've drafted what three quarterbacks now over Shanahan's uh, um, since Shanahan and Lynch have been here. So that's, that's a pretty decent number over, over a period of time. Um, Any, any chance that that might happen? And if so, what, what kind of player would you see them looking at? And the only reason this comes up is they, people are making a big deal. They brought the the kid from UCLA out for a visit and everybody's losing their mind. Well, the one thing we know about the Lynch Shanahan era is you never say never. You can (laughs) never say never. So I, I won't, I won't put my neck out and say it won't happen. 
Um, I think a lot of it is going to depend on value big boards you know obviously we don't know we don't have access to the 49ers big board we know that they got um a bit of interest in uh dorian thompson robinson um (laughs) so many names yeah i know that there's a lot of hyphenated ones lately um we know they have some interest in him and physically it's it's not hard to see why and he had a good combine you've got um they had jake hasner came into the 49ers local pro day. He's, mm-hmm. he's, I, he's, I, I won't say he won't become a starter because I said the same thing about Brock Purdy. Because <laughs> my exact, is. my exact, I'm not kidding. This is my exact description of Brock Purdy. He is Nick Mullins who can run. So I think he's sort of outperformed that expectation in just five games. But there are some interesting upside, uh, upside quarterbacks. Thompson Robertson is one. Hasner is one. I think um, Logan Bonner from Utah State. I think he has interesting talent that he could be a draft and stash option. Um, the thing, the only thing to say about it though, is you've got Sam Darnold there, and they're paying him a decent amount of money that you don't think he's just going to be a camp body. Yeah, he's not cuttable, really, yeah, at this yeah. point, unless it's going to yeah. blow, like, five million bucks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and we know that we know that the 49ers have gotten phone calls about Trey Lance, but we also know that, just as simply, John Lynch has said no. So I think it's going to take an offer that has to blow the 49ers out of the, the water to really give up on him at that point. So I think whoever they pick, it has to be someone not only that they like, but also someone they feel comfortable they can stash onto the practice squad. And that's why I'm not convinced that it would be Dorian Thompson-Robinson because he's had some relatively high interest for a a third-day quarterback pick. So I think it would be someone probably in that sixth or seventh round to free agent range, you're sort of um, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, Logan Bonner from Utah State, that sort of pick. If they draft Dorian Thompson-Robinson, they would do it by putting Brock Purdy on the inactive list or put it, or trading Trey Lance. That's the only yeah. way I can really see that working. But then again, never say never. You never know with Lynch and Shanahan at the helm. This this is very true. You do never know what's going to happen with that. All right. So um, we we talked about, you know, the most important position in in the NFL. But um, you noted way back at the beginning when we were sort of talking uh, generally about about the the needs and that sort of thing, um, about the one position that, that doesn't really have a locked in starter at this point, and it is the kicker position, which is sort of strange, but you know, theoretically they, they do have one on, they they actually do have a, a kicker on the, on the roster. Speaking of former Panthers, um, Zane Gonzalez, who in one of the stranger trades, I remember seeing where they traded him for a pick pick swap in what, 2025 or something like that. Um, very odd. Uh, I, I guess, I think you noted in our, in our nine noise group that I think it was you or somebody like somebody, uh, it was like they were going to let him go anyway, so they just kind of let – they just got to – they were like, yeah, we'll swap picks and everything will be fine. Um, but I, I don't think that Zane Gonzalez being here means that the kicker position is solved. Um, so we can almost be sure that they're going to bring in a rookie of some kind to compete for that position. Do you think it's going to be a drafted rookie, or do you think they're going to roll the dice on one of the guys who ends up not getting drafted? And if so, well, who? Well, we do know that the 49ers have brought in quite a few kickers um, and met with them. So they're certainly doing their due diligence. We can we can say that right now. Um, I don't necessarily hate the idea of Gonzalez as the starter because he actually was pretty good before he got hurt. But let's face it, pretty good before he got hurt is part and parcel of being a 49ers fan nowadays. <laughs> Um, so yes, that, they're definitely going to bring in a rookie. Um, I think it's going to depend on who they really like because uh, Jake Moody 
from Michigan. He is the best kicker in this draft. He will be the first one off the board, almost definitely. And the 49ers did meet with him. So, uh, if I had, if I was a betting man, and sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, I would bet <laughs> we would probably put one pick towards the kicker. Um, they brought in Christopher Dunn from North Carolina State for a workout, and he actually had a really good senior year. He went 28 from 29 and hit both of his attempts above 50. So I think Dunn might make the most sense because I feel like Moody is going to be – we usually see someone in the fourth round reach on a kicker. I mean, we normally do. If it's not the fourth, it is the fifth round. Um, and the 49ers actually don't have a fourth round pick. So I actually, and it feels weird to say this about a kicker. I do wonder if Jake Moody is going to be out of the 49ers draft range on day three. <laughs> it, it feels re- it feels really weird to say that, but it's, it, we could see someone take him in the fourth and if not the fourth, the early fifth. Um, but Christopher Dunn's a very good prospect, very good kicking prospect. I think he's, Quite intriguing. I think he's going to have the power and the accuracy to be a good NFL kicker. Uh, everyone else, it's sort of hit and miss. Um, you, you never know when you're drafting kickers. I think there's a reason why we've seen a tendency from not just this regime, but previous regimes to find veterans. You know, there's Robbie Gould, David Akers, etc. Um, but if they bring in someone like Christopher Dunn, I think that's a very shrewd pick i think fifth round pick would probably be right but if you can get him in the sixth round that's also pretty good um and you know if they bust out you know it's just the fifth or sixth round pick who really cares about those but no if i had the bet i would say christopher dunn would be probably the best bet as far as a draft pick towards a kicker would go okay (laughs) would it be crazy for them to to like really target like Jake Moody and be like, we're going to get him and we're going to make sure that we get him. And we have all these late draft picks and would people lose their minds more if they traded up for a kicker than they did, than they would if they just drafted a running back straight up, like in the fifth round. What, what what do you think? (laughs) I, there's always, there'll always be those that would raise an eyebrow at trading up for a kicker. But to be fair, We did see um, Shanahan and Lynch get Wisniewski in the fourth round. <laughs> this is true. This and is true. and and they actually, tra- if I remember correctly, they traded up for Wisniewski. I, th- I was trying to remember if that was yeah. the case, and I, I think you might be right. Um, wow. Uh, but, I, but he has worked out. He's he's yeah. worked out fine. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. And I mean, is he fourth round good? Who knows? I don't know. Punters are difficult to, to like guess and, and re- to really know what, you know, he seems to be doing a, a, an effective job. I think his greatest downfall is that it turned out that he couldn't actually do the kickoff thing, which was, has been problematic. Like, I think if there's a case to be made that if he could have done his, done the kickoffs and was successful in that regard, he might've extended Robbie Gold's time uh, in San Francisco, but that's a, that's neither here nor there. Um, all right. Uh, Jeremy, so I think those are all great specific 49ers related things, but I know you have published how many first round mock drafts now for the site? What's, is I've, it just I've done two and I'm working on my third for draft okay. week. So okay, I'm, cool. I, I do go uh, a bit over the top considering we don't have a first <laughs> round pick this year. It, it's, all, it's all good. Um, so I just wanted to, you, to give you some space to, to talk about whatever, you know, sort of general draft related things that are, that are interesting to you. Is there like, is there, are there a couple of things on your mind where you're like, this is a thing that I've been wanting to tell everybody. And this is the, here you have the floor, sir. This is genuinely the most excited I've been for a first round since I've started writing. There's <laughs> so, there's so much unpredictability uh, coming into this. Um, we don't know for sure who the first overall pick is going to be, but it'll probably now be Bryce Young. But when we get to Houston, it gets so interesting because they don't apparently want CJ Stroud for very specific reasons, including he shares the same agent as Deshaun Watson, apparently, which is interesting. So then you ask, so you ask, you know, what are Houston going to do? Are they going to trade down or will they take 
Will Anderson. And if they take Will Anderson, that's going to almost definitely make Arizona trade down. And, you know, it, it's it's always a knock-on effect with this sort of thing. Um, so I think, I don't want to call it a certainty, but I think you can pencil in, pick one as Bryce Jones, uh, Bryce Jones, sorry, Bryce Young. Try that again. Bryce Young to the Panthers. And after that, all hell's going to break loose. All hell's going to yeah. break loose because someone will trade up for CJ Stroud for mm-hmm. either, Houston, either Houston or Arizona are trading down if, unless Houston does take Stroud and it was all just a giant smoke screen. I've fallen for. Um, and then you got Anthony Richardson. Uh, I've never seen such a highly touted quarterback that can't throw the football. <laughs> I, I just... He completed 53% or 54% of his passes. I don't know. Josh Allen was, was in that neighborhood, wasn't he? Like he, he was pretty bad at Wyoming. But to be fair, everyone thought that was a huge reach by Buffalo. Yeah. They thought the same thing about Justin Herbert, to be fair. So that's yeah. why Anthony Richardson and, um, will go high. Uh, to be fair, he does have a very high ceiling. He's got the height of CJ Stroud. He's got the legs of Bryce Young. If he can just throw the football 10 to 15 yards, you know, he's he would probably be the number one pick. Um, the other thing is uh, B. John Robinson, the running back mm. from Texas. Yep, yep. If I, if I was a national figure, which obviously I'm not, I would probably get a lot of black for this. I genuinely think he is the best running back prospect this century. If you go... You know, all the top running back prospects, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Saquon Barkley, Lennon Fournette, all those really early running back picks, I would mm-hmm. pick B. John Robinson over any of them. What, what about the one we have on our team currently? How about that guy? Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I, honest, honest, honestly, yes, I would I would have taken B. John Robinson over Christian McCaffrey. All right, all right. Um, I've just seen that comparison be, thrown around a little bit. So he No, he is, he is actually very similar. He's not... They're both excellent pass catchers, um, excellent receivers. But it's the way – if you watch his combine, you watch his footwork, you you look at how his feet are, and you look at how he run, runs routes. I would put his, his route running against any receiver in this class. He is so crisp with those. And he can block. He can do anything. We're talking about someone with no weaknesses, basically. And – um, I share I share my mock draft to to friends here in Australia, um, NFL fans, and I have Bijan Robinson at six to the Lions, which is which is spoiler alert. I did not change that for this um, one I'm writing now. I, have I was going to say as long as you didn't send him Seattle to Seattle, then we're good. <laughs> uh, I quit. That would, that would have hurt. <laughs> no, I I don't think he'll go to Seattle, but I would hate if he does. Yeah. No, I, ha- I have him going six to the Lions, and I think it makes a lot of sense for a Lions team. With, with the NFC North as open as it is, you've got the Green Bay Packers. They're entering into a new era eventually when they and the Jets start Someday. talking to each other again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Chicago are heading in the right direction, um, but I think they're below the Lions currently. Minnesota are not going to luck out with as many close wins as they did this season. You would think not. No. If if they did, someone's someone's done something. Yes. Um, the the NFC North is wide open. The way yeah. the Lions finished the season came so close. Um, I can say right now, the first the first week of playoffs when we beat Seattle, the Lions were the one team I didn't want the 49ers to play. Yeah, I would have been happy with the Seahawks. I would have been happy with the Packers. Had the way we matched up, the Lions are a scary team, and They've they've got two first round picks. You give them the running back to go over the top. You spend your pick eighteen on defense. There's plenty of defensive players that can make a bang that late in the first, that relatively late in the first round. They could win that division and they can make noise in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I really, really think that pick makes sense for them. And I know it's not going to be a popular pick. I know what people say about drafting running backs in the first round, and to be fair, most of the time they're correct. This is just one of those special cases. I would spend a high first-round pick on this guy. I'll just make sure I get a good backup so I don't run him into the ground. 
cough Carolina cough. But um, yeah, I I really he's number one on my board by a mile. I have him over Will Anderson. I have him over the quarterbacks. He's the guy I really think is going to ball out in the rookie season. He's right up there. I think he'll be in the top ten running backs halfway through the season. Well, unfortunately for Detroit, I believe they also they lost their what would be their their backup running back in that position for a, a little bit of time. wasn't Wasn't he one of the guys that got suspended? Um, if I'm not mistaken, for the Lions, was it Jamal? No, Williams? I'm. No, Jamal. I think Jamal Williams left Detroit. I reckon. Didn't he? I don't know. Anyway, um, I forget things. I saw a picture <laughs> of him in Detroit, and that was why. Um, that was the confusing part. Um, but anyway, so so they're uh, they're still there. Oh, Jameson Williams is the one. There we go. Jameson Williams, yes. Yeah, Wide yeah. receiver, different different yeah. different player. There we go. Um, he, luckily, he's not out for the season, or I would have had second thoughts about them winning the NFC North. Yeah, but yeah. No, no he, I think, he got away with the six games. Yeah, I think you're I think you're absolutely right about the Lions that being a, a, a tricky team. There's a there's a very good chance that division gets all topsy turvy next year, and it ends up being like like Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay in some kind of weird land. And and that's just sight unseen with Jordan Love is kind of really the, the unknown there. But um, all right. Uh, any other sort of major draft things that you want to you want to throw out there before we uh, before we wrap that up? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, 49ers fans. The NFC West defense is going to get defenses are going to get a lot harder to crack this this season. <laughs> I, I would be shocked, unless Arizona trade down, I'd be shocked if they don't get Will Anderson or perhaps Tyree Wilson, because I know they are pretty high on Wilson. And I think he, I, I penciled in Jalen Carter to the Seahawks. I hate it. He's a scary defensive tackle. We don't need Aaron Donald 2.0 back in this division, but I think he's most likely Seattle's pick. Um, he's going to be boom or bust. We know that. Uh, he's he's had his red flags, but uh, it's it's some scary talent, and it's no secret we've struggled to contain Aaron Donald like the other 31 teams in the, uh, the other 30 teams in the NFL when they face the Rams, and unfortunately we're gonna have to deal with the same thing with Seattle, I think. So it's going to be a disappointing first five picks. I'm sorry to say for 49ers fans <laughs> that do watch the draft. Uh, thanks Denver. Um... <laughs> Uh, it's it, he is he's such he's the definition of being a bust, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's talent wise, he's incredible. He he would be the first non quarterback off the board. The only problem are those off field issues, and he just he he has surprisingly low production at Georgia. Yeah. It's funny when you actually look at the tape. He just he doesn't actually stand out on the stat sheet. He only has three sacks, I think it was this season. He he was injured for some of it. To be to be fair to him, he was injured for some of it, but he he didn't stand out all that much. He only had three sacks this season. He only had three sacks the season before. Usually with those elite defensive tackle projects, you usually expect him to approach if not hit double figures. I know. Kalijah can't see. He's probably likely to be the second defensive tackle off the board. He had seven and a half sacks and seven the year before, as an example. So, yeah, it's a bit interesting. When I actually did my research for this, he was surprisingly not on the stat sheet that often. But in saying that, you you can't deny that talent. He's a scary proposition. And I think he's going to be wearing a Seahawks uniform. So, First five picks, 49ers fans, prepare to get annoyed because these defenses <laughs> are going to get a lot tougher. Yeah, well, and, and the question with him, of course, is whether or not he actually... It's, it's that question of does he does he care enough about this? Or is this just something that he sort of fell into? And it's like, okay, well, I guess I got to do this. Um, and, you know, that seems like a, a very Seattle pick, right? They're going to they're gonna take the guy who's who's got the talent, but there's a little some red flags on him. And they're like, okay, we're just going to overlook that and... Just take him anyway and hope it pans out, which seems to sometimes work out for them. So, um, I, I think it is just, it is the smart pick for them. Um, I think obviously we hate the Seahawks, but have all the respect in the world for Pete Carroll and the organization 
Um, they got Bobby Wagner back, so he's going to be a good veteran influence on Carter. Um, it's they'll 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 play the hard game with Carter. They won't baby him. He he'll he'll have to step up. And I think if they're going to draft him at five, which I think he definitely will, uh, go to the Seahawks. They're going to think that he's going to be coachable. So, um, yeah, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Like you said, thanks a lot, Denver. Yeah, way to yeah, way to draft or way to trade for your transcendent quarterback and then be terrible. Um, and then and then and then make the playoffs with Geno Smith. Yeah. Well, and the worst part is, is we 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 lost to them. That team was terrible. And we, lost that Denver team anyway that's not here and there okay Uh, (laughs) uh, Jeremy any uh, final thoughts on on the draft something you're looking forward to before we uh, wrap this up Uh, I'm just going to strap in for the first round I think there are quite a lot of uh, interesting ways teams are going to go it's it's so genuinely unpredictable which is what I love so uh, I'm just going to be able to enjoy it we're not going to be picking for a while we're going to be the last team to make a pick um, all the way back there at pick 99. So I'm just going to just strap in and enjoy the havoc, I guess. There you go. Good stuff. Um, and uh, you said your uh, your your third and final first round mock draft should be out before the before the draft begins, right? Yeah, we'll bring we'll have that out by hopefully at least a day before. I'm hoping to finish it. Uh, today or tomorrow and get that in and i hope everyone reads it and enjoys it good deal all right jeremy well thanks for uh for joining us here tonight for a uh tonight afternoon wherever you know all these things um time is relative and the good thing is this is a podcast and nobody's listening to this live so it doesn't really matter what time it is for you or for me or for anybody else um (laughs) we uh i appreciate you uh you uh joining me and uh having having this great conversation and your knowledge is certainly useful so i hope everybody in the audience appreciates uh all these thoughts that you have and they're looking forward to seeing what what uh whether or not you're you're correct or not on draft night oh, thanks for having me it's been fun yeah man. all right well uh thanks for listening uh to this episode of the 49ers or sorry i don't know what i'm talking about thanks for listening to this episode of the niner noise podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network As always, check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And, of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. (laughs) 